Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Emergency podcast, emergency podcast. Well, not Alert, that. alert, alert. Yeah, we'll go reactionary podcast. Six rings, six rings and football things back again to react to a combine press conference by Elliot Wolf. First and foremost, we need to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. Make every moment more. And this moment is more than interesting for oh, yeah. Patriots fans because Bill Belichick didn't really do combine press conferences. I believe twice in my tenure might be the number, but definitely few and far between. Patriots were generally in the range of three or four teams each year that wouldn't have representation at the podium in Indianapolis. Um, and now, did, Rowe, did Matt Rowe ever do it? Maybe last year? Maybe. I could forget because I wasn't there. But yeah, right. certainly the Bill Belichick power run was a couple different times. I think there was an 09 thrown in there and maybe one earlier in his tenure. But um, over the 20 basic years, it was only a handful. Um, whereas you'd get some teams that – GM and coach both speak during the week, um, but that wasn't their way of doing business. We're not here to talk about that or criticize that. We're here to talk about the brave new era that is Elliot Wolf, Gerard Mayo. Elliot Wolf spoke at 10 a.m. in Indianapolis yep. Eastern Time this morning, and I thought it was a pretty interesting press conference. And we will continue to compare and contrast everything he says to Bill Belichick, Matt Grow, past years, past regimes and the way they went about doing business. But um, I think first and foremost, he made it quite clear, A, he's in charge, mm -hmm. that it's collaborative. Yep, Matt Groh, yep, Gerard Mayo. But in the end, if somebody needs to make a decision, Elliot Wolf, 1L, 1T, will be making yeah. that decision. Um, and I thought he, in various ways, just emphasized the change, the new culture, whether it's a new grading system that is um, – a little less nuanced and a little more just value and talent based, which we had heard with Alonzo Highsmith yep. coming in that there was going to be a Green Bayification uh, of the Patriots scouting department change. Yeah, in somebody the asked him about the Packer way. I was like, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I mean, now we're just forcing things. Yeah, exactly. I don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Um, 
but no so on the totality it was i don't know what it was 15 minutes i didn't record yeah, it it was that, 20. a nice little chat um there was some fun uh anecdotes he talked about his first combine 30 years ago sitting with his dad and bill parcells at the 40 yard dash line basically um and al davis i think was there too um when he was 10 years old i want to yeah. say he recalled and he's been there every year except the covid year but now obviously very different role running the patriots mm -hmm. there were quarterback question and answers there were um loosely veiled shots at mac jones if you wanted to read them that way about body language and things yeah. of that uh that but he also said they want to do right by them so that was kind of interesting it, it yep, was good it was, it was and so i actually wanted to start with you because i think i logged on like a minute late he was okay. he was t definitely talking um because i had an issue i don't know what was going on you know typical of me yeah um i probably should have Tom Coughlin did and maybe logged on like 10 minutes early instead of two minutes late. But yeah, hey, it is on. what it is. Sorry. Um, That's two Tom say... Coughlin references between our shows over the course of like the last week. Uh, he's a pretty damn good coach. I mean, yeah. And I love as as late or not really late, but kind of late as I was to our show the other day on on uh, was that Saturday? I uh, I am usually a Tom Coughlin. I usually preach that. Just get there as Me early too. as possible. Just sit there and wait. You might as well yep. because then you're you're screwed. But absolutely. Anyway. Uh, unfortunately, when you deal with kids, I've learned that mm. uh, that's not always realistic because yeah. they drag you down and make you late. Um, <laughs> but that's not the excuse today. Anyway, did did Elliot Wolf make a comment about um, being less of a hard ass culture? Um, I, I think that was Twitter. Yeah, I saw it a few times. I don't think it was at the beginning. And I okay. actually think I logged off a little early because <laughs> Stacy said last question. And you lost interest? Heard, no, 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 no. I was interested. I heard the last one, but then I was already working on like getting it up for the website. And so I didn't hear that comment either. But I was there at the beginning. I didn't think I logged off at the very end, but I, or I didn't think okay. I, I missed the end. But there so was apparently a comment on. Uh, yeah, him saying that they want to be have less of a hard ass environment in, inside the building, which I thought was interesting. And I mean, shot or not, it's a reference to Bill Belichick's. Oh, tenure. it's a shot. It's, it's a hundred percent shot. Okay, <laughs> so we've had ego references from yeah. Gerard Mayo. We've had less hard ass references. We've had the continued um, overall theme of relationships and and that um, part of the uh, equation. Now, the other thing is you and I not being there. I'm assuming there was a little side session. There generally is um, with these people. So, and and, and now that's most cities, most coaches, most GMs. It's just sort of the way the game is played. You do a press conference, then the local writers gather around to the side or in the hallway and talk to the GM or the head coach. That could have that stemmed from yeah. that um, little discussion. So the first thing I would say, if you were going to ask me my um, biggest takeaway, I guess that would be that I thought Elliot Wolf was really comfortable. I didn't, there was no nervousness. I didn't sense him like stressing. I thought he was up there answering questions pretty quickly and, and in a comfortable fashion. He tells it like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And, mm -hmm. and to me, something like that always stems from a place of confidence and yeah. all these people that are worried about what he's going to do and he should trade down and you can't force this yet today. I got more confident that he's confident in knowing what the hell he's doing heading into this process. So that would be my big boring picture takeaway. Mm -hmm. um, weaponization of the offense was my favorite quote of yeah, the whole yeah. damn thing. Yeah. Like, and hey, Andy Gresh, stick that in your big fat bunghole and shove it yeah. because he's anti weapons. He's, he's anti wide anti receiver. He's everything. Yeah. 
Yeah. He hates Tyreek Hill. He hates the Dolphins. What have they ever won? He hates running quarterbacks. Well, the GM of the, whatever his title is, but the GM of the New England Patriots, I think it's funny. No one asked him. They asked what Alonzo Highsmith's title was, but I don't believe anybody asked. No, they asked him. They asked They, they oh. asked him at the beginning when you were oh, when you were shuffling your papers. What is his around. title? He, is, he said his title remains the director of scouting. Um, so okay. they haven't reshuffled his or Gro's titles yet. I believe that that's probably just like, you know, logistical, like housekeeping stuff that they haven't done yet. Because if they do want to name him the GM, they do have to do a full search. Because right. you, and you need Rooney to rule. abide by the Rooney rule if you hire a GM. And so I think they're keeping his title for now. If they do open it up, they, they'll probably change it. Or they'll just... I, effectively, my understanding of it, seeing what everybody has said and done, is him and Macro basically flipped titles and roles. Now, Grow is the director of scouting. And Wolf is the director of player personnel. But they haven't really touched their titles. And so I think Wolf just said, yeah, okay. I'm still the director of scouting. Okay. And... It doesn't really matter as long no, as the Kraft because he's the de facto GM, right. and that's what this press conference essentially told us today. And they've never—I don't believe the Crafts have ever had a GM. Going right. back to Parcells, going back to Bobby Greer, going back to Belichick and Pioli, and I don't believe they've ever had given out the title of general manager. And you know, I don't really care. All I need to know is who's sitting at the head of the table at the war right. room, and that's Elliot Wolf. When push comes to shove, if they can't agree, if there is a split decision. He has the veto vote. He has the last, well, well, that's, technically the crafts have the last. That's vote. what I've been worried about and sort of talking about ever since they said that they, or it was rumored that they weren't going to hire a GM. Well, if they keep using this word collaboration and then they they botch the pick and everyone says, well, who's at fault? And everyone's pointing at at each other and say, no, he said this, his, he said this. Today was the first time we actually heard from the source himself that, yeah, we're going to collaborate. Someone has to make the pick and I'm making the pick. So I thought that that was the, the biggest takeaway from this, boring or not, was that, okay, we have someone, like you said, at the head of the table who says, well, okay, Macro wants this guy, Gerard Mayo wants this guy, I'm the tiebreaker, this is what we're doing, and here's why. And Kraft keeps saying, and Wolf said that, you know, the Crafts are going to have input, but they trust us and they want to hand it over to us. Kraft said it in the Dynasty, Kraft said it. Um, I believe at one of his end of season press conferences, whether it was with Mayo or when Bill left about, you know, holding someone accountable and be, being able to have someone be held accountable for the decisions that are made for the organization. They now have that in Elliot Wolf. And I think that's very important. It doesn't really, I mean, of course it matters who it is, but at the end of the day, I didn't really care who it was going to be as long as they put someone in charge. And clearly they've done that at least personnel wise with Elliot Wolf. So I was happy to hear that today. So you touched on it. I'll just, quickly piggyback off that i thought that craft answer was kind of interesting because it started with a they prefer to stay out of football mm -hmm. and it was like okay good so we've had a little line in the sand here there's and then now oh, they have opinions that they'll share obviously yeah well yeah he interjected that i have he goes they prefer to stay out of football but they've been very supportive of gerard and myself and macro anything we need we've got in a lot of ways i think they have opinions which they'll share <laughs> But ultimately, it's down to Gerard and I. I thought him interjecting that, which they'll share, was pretty funny. But again, if they say, like, look, everybody's going to have opinions and every owner is going right. to say something. It's it's unhuman to not, you know, jut in and be like, well, we do need a quarterback. And, oh, that guy's pretty fast and stuff like that. So if you, you mentioned Wolf's confidence, if he's confident enough to be able to take in that information, but also make a logical decision on, okay, you don't know what you're talking about or, oh, maybe you do know what you're talking about or we can use your input to a certain extent. 
that that confidence and that ability. He, look, he's earned the right to be a general manager, Elliot Wolf, in what he's done so far in the league. So him getting the opportunity, him being able to decipher what input he gets from what places and make a decision. Again, it hasn't happened yet, but as of right now, that what he showed today, I feel like we're in a decent direction. Yeah, I would argue, and I've said this a lot, I think Elliot Wolf is the most qualified person of power in New England right now. Yeah. And I would include Jonathan Kraft and Robin Glazer in that fold. The only person that's more qualified is Robert Kraft. Been there, done that. He's been mm-hmm. through this um, whole operation for decades now. I do think Jonathan's probably taking on a little bit different, bigger role. Who knows how that plays out? But Elliot Wolf has worked his way up from 10-year-old doing 40 times with Bill Parcells right. and Ron Wolf. Um, multiple organizations, multiple regimes and ideas. Like he lived the stats-based world of Cleveland when he was there. He lived his dad's world in Green Bay. He lived the Belichick, hard-ass, very specific, whatever that he doesn't necessarily love. So he's he's tweaking it and changing it when he gets his chance. Like, I love the idea of Elliot Wolf. I have no idea whether he's good. Right. Basically, it will all hinge on the third pick in this draft and what he does with it, trades it, keeps it, trades up, takes a quarterback, whatever. Okay, the next thing I took away, because there's been this underlying, and I think Reese may have started it, but maybe the athletic, way back when, when we were Mm -hmm. still like right figuring out the power structure, there was a report that, you know, there's some indication Wolf may end up and, you know, as the guy in personnel who has the power. Yeah. And if that happens, don't be surprised if tackle is an option with the uh, first pick. It was Jeff. Howe. It was at the, okay. Jeff, Howe. I got none of that today. I got none no. of like build from the trenches and old school. He talked about quarterbacks. He talked about weaponization on offense. He talked about speed and playmaking and everything on defense. He sounded like a modern football yeah. GM today and not a, yeah, Joe Alt might be the best player available at number three. And if you if you can get a good tackle, you always take – no, I didn't hear any of that. Right. So, Gresh, again, I'm not sure that Elliot Wolf is your guy because he sounds like he's ready to yeah. go modern. The part I will not disagree but kind of you know think about with that is that he wasn't really asked about the tackles either. I know. He, like someone, someone broached Marvin Harrison Jr. and the quarterbacks were broached to him. And so then he went on to say, yeah, you need quarterbacks, this, that, and the other thing. And Marvin Harrison's great. And, but I guess to your point too, when he, he was at, weaponization. well, he, he was asked overall, tough, strong, yeah, powerful right. front. he was asked overall about like the Patriots new philosophy. And he was, he did, he mentioned weapon on offense and weaponizing on offense. And then he did mention, you know, being faster and more aggressive on defense, which is the stuff that DeMarcus Covington touted last week which does tell me that the collaboration is off to a, to a pretty good start down there at Foxborough. But yeah, I'm with you on the tackle. Like it doesn't, he didn't say, I feel like if that was a thought in his head, he probably would have mentioned, Oh yeah, there's some guts, there's some big tough guys on the trenches too. And that was, because it's a good tackle class, right? Like he could have chose to interject either philosophically power football trenches, linemen tackles, or just in sort of the assessment of the class. And I, I didn't think he did. I think, if you are a believer, the Patriots need to be a little bit more modern in what they do and how they approach the game in terms of playmaking and quarterbacks and receivers and weapons. I think you probably heard things that you liked yep. from Elliot Wolf today. Um, so I want to interject with a few questions here, and then we can get back to yeah. the what our reactions because I took a bunch of notes, and there's still a bunch more things I'd like to check off. Um, so Jeff Stenberg asks. Um, 
is trading the third pick really an option? Doesn't it have to be a QB? Getting more O-line and skill players won't matter if no one is under center to get them the ball. Okay, so Elliot did say some, I forgot the exact word, but everything's on the table. Like yeah. he said, they haven't really taken calls yet, which, which kind, of, kind of flies in the face of the Vikings report out of the senior yeah. bowl, which to be fair, wouldn't have been a call, would have probably just been a person-to-person interaction between two humans standing on a football field. So, okay, Elliot, I see what you He's did already there. Learning you know, the semant- he learned one thing from Belichick, and it was the semantics game in the press yep. Um, So the idea of a trade, and it's going to get fluffed up, if you're talking three first-round picks, if you're talking Justin Jefferson, the things yeah. that have come into the narrative, the discussion the last couple of days, that's going to be at least a consideration. You have to have a meeting and sit down with your people, whatever. Absolutely. But I don't think it's as much about the trade as I still get back to who's the guy available at number three, who is one quarterback, two quarterbacks, whatever it is from that top group of three. And how do you feel about those one or two guys? If you, if you believe they are potential franchise quarterbacks and not guarantees, there's no guarantees potential, just like Marvin Harrison is a potential franchise wide receiver, not guaranteed good potential, but whatever. If you believe that one of those is a potential franchise quarterback, I still think you have to you have to pick stick yeah. and pick because it's just too important. We talked about it, and everybody can go on over to the Six Rings feed where we did our first prospect podcast yesterday with myself, Mike, and Chris Scheim. Broke down the quarterbacks and where we kind of had differences of opinion on their talents. Afterwards, I found it fascinating that. While Chris Shime Time Shime was promoting Drake May as the greatest quarterback in the history of the planet. <laughs> um, what's his name? Merrill Hodge is like yeah. the guy's inconsistent. He's not that good. And Merrill Hodge has a pretty good history with quarterbacks. Yeah, I know fluffing up his Johnny Manziel takes back in the day and different yep. things. So um, that doesn't mean anything. Just part of the rhetoric to have out there to talk about. Um, but have you, did anything you hear today? Did, are, are you still, where are you on the trade idea? I don't. Nothing I heard today changes my thoughts on if they should or shouldn't trade the pick. Um, I think that I'm with you as far as I mean, it's going to depend on where where they have these guys graded and ranked, right? Because if 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 there's a gap for them between a guy like Drake May and Jaden Daniels, and they just take Daniels because he's the quarterback, like I don't think that's the wise option. But if they grade this thing out and they're okay with all three, then you absolutely take the guy. I don't think they should reach. It's going to depend on. How they, again, how they grade them out, and we're not going to know that, but ultimately, if they think that they can get their franchise guy, and they, they're confident in all three of the top guys, then they should absolutely take whoever falls to them. But they should not reach on Drake May or Jaden Daniels if they don't feel as confident as the other two. Okay, so correct me if I'm wrong, because I know you read a lot, and I try to skim and read, and we're starting to get top 50s and top yeah. whatevers. Most people, I don't want to say everybody, because have the three quarterbacks somewhere in the top six or seven i would say yeah Yeah. like there's i saw matt miller put one out today and he had receivers higher than most he had like three jeremiah too like daniel jeremiah has roma dunze from washington as his third overall prospect so okay so there's some of that but if a receiver is three and Jaden daniels let's say is seven correct to me that's not a reach oh i would agree because When you put, it's like a weighted GPA. You know how mm-hmm. kids end up with like a four or five and you're like, wait, I thought four was the best. Yeah. Well, no, because he took an AP cl- course. So he gets weighted and bumped up. To me, when you're grading a quarterback, it's like that AP bump. 
because he's worth more. And that comes into uh, Skinny Pete. Good for you, Skinny Pete. Um, I'm Skinny Andy after Awaken 180, our friends over there. Um, So what is the best value at three if the new system is going off value picks? That's where I think value to me implies not just skill, ability, grade, but okay, he's the best at X, but it is, is it as valuable as Y? Correct. And that's yep. that bump you talk about at quarterback, receiver, cornerback. Like there's other positions that I think you get, you know, if quarterback gives you, you know, 2X, then wide receiver might give you 1.5X, cornerback might, pass rusher might give you 1.3X, whatever, however that is factored in. Um, but I definitely think the seventh, a quarterback number seven overall, is more than in range to take number three overall. Yes. If you need the quarterback kind of right. Thing. I'm just, the only my only point was that if there is a like if they have it again, their draft board isn't going to be the same as guys like Daniel Jeremiah and Matt Miller, obviously. So if they from what they see and what they you know what they look at in their pre-draft process, if they're just not as high on a guy like Jaden Daniels, don't just take them. And they won't like because that's sort of their process. But what I'm I would probably take Jaden Daniels. But if they don't feel convicted in that, they shouldn't just take them because everybody else thinks they should. Correct. And that's where you enter into trade down, figure right. it out. Hell, if you play it right and trade down, now you never know, but maybe the team trading up doesn't like Jaden Daniels either right. and, and is thinks one of these receivers changes They're just going everything. for the wide receivers that everybody right. loves. And then your value chart has Jaden Daniels at seven and you like that better. That's why I kind of like this value thing because they could make a move like that and still land their, their Jaden Daniels at the sixth or seventh pick. Right. Um, uh, one of the topics he did talk about, and I'll get into uh, Nicholas Leonard's question. Um, Mike Onwenu, he was very praiseful of Mike Onwenu, called yeah. him a core player, a foundational piece, like a, a couple different phrases really um, enhancing his uh, view of what he is. Um, so just joining, do you think after Elliot's comments on Mike Onwenu, it is more likely he stays or is is it more of a bailout if he leaves? Yeah, we wanted, but did not work out. So that's the Red Sox mentality. We'll yeah. tell you we were in on it. We tell you we liked the guy and then tell you, well, you know, it just didn't work out in the end. And unfortunately, it was also the Bill Belichick comment on the on Jacoby Myers two years ago. He's like, yeah, we wanted him, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. So I trust Elliot. Well, I think Elliot Wolf wants Mike Onwenu. I think he's Same. a little bit more transparent. Um he t- he praised his intelligence and and that he doesn't think it's going to be an issue working with him on the contract after he reportedly canned his agents. Right. Um, I feel so. To answer the um, the question from Nicholas Leonard, I, I feel a little bit better about so Mike Onwenu staying after listening to Elliot Wolf, and I've had him atop my free agent want list all along. I think that as much as I mocked stability in the trenches and O line and everything earlier. I think you can write a check to him, not use up too much of your spending and bring some some continuity or or some stability to your line. If you now say, OK, I got Cole Strange, I got David Andrews, I got Mike on Wenu, I got so or whoever else at like now you're piecing together a line right. and you're only maybe one chip away instead of multiple chips that are hard to find. So, well, you I, can loop that into what we were saying, too, about Wolf not really being or mentioning tackle at the top of the draft, right? Because if he assumes and thinks and wants to truly try and keep Mike Onwenu in the building, then they don't need to worry about grabbing a tackle at number three as much as they would if they don't retain Mike Onwenu. So like if if in his mind he's thinking, oh no, Mike's going to be back 
And he also mentioned that they may be able to use the franchise tag on. And he said that there's those are all options on the table. They're going to use anything because they want to retain both Unwenu and Kyle Duggar. Then I feel like he it, they're going to work to actually keep Mike Mike on the team because again, if if he wasn't here, he's probably thinking, oh oh crap, we're going to need a left and a right tackle, so we might need to take one at number three. Um. Okay. So, but we're going to keep going with the questions. They're uh, actually flowing in nicely. Yeah, Appreciate the interaction for. Uh, from our peeps. Um, anything else that I know you blogged a little bit about this, some yeah. of the things you touched on, some of the quotes, whatever uh, topics you think were uh, important from Elliot Wolf's press conference? Um, they're meeting with the top three quarterbacks. I think that was, I guess it's fairly obvious, but it's also an important nugget to share that he did say that they are in fact meeting with Caleb Williams, Drake May, and Jaden Daniels this week. Um, so keep that on your radar. They are going to you know, for, for people who think that they're just not taking a quarterback because they're the Patriots and they're not going to do their due diligence, they absolutely are because they're meeting with those guys. Um, he has final say. I'm just looking at my notes. They're meeting with the top guys. The on one new stuff I said too, like I, I think that's important to note that they're going to work to try and keep him and that they're not just throwing the franchise. Like there were a lot of times where the franchise tag would be an option for the Patriots and they just didn't use it for one reason or another. Or another. But Wolf saying that, they're they're going to use that as an option for Onwenu and Duggar. Um, I think is important to note. Uh, besides that, um, his quote about traits he looks at in a quarterback, I thought was was noteworthy, saying that someone that can elevate his teammates, teammates want to play for, and that leadership and then the physical and talent's important. So I don't know. You talked about it being a shot at Mac Jones. That was also more so the body language thing, where he said, you know, you don't want guys throwing their arms up and being, you know, pointing at guys on the sideline and that's pretty much what Mac Jones has done for the last couple seasons. So yep. that seems a little bit like a shot, at least the body language one. As far as the elevating teammates and stuff, Mac hasn't really done that. So that's not really a shot. That just that's just fact. Right. Um, so I, again, I, I look at all his comments, wrap them up in a bow, and it tells me that they're going to strongly consider taking a quarterback at number three. So that was my sort of takeaway, and you know everything else from this. Absolutely. I think they're going to strongly consider if I was going to bullet point a few takeaways, strongly consider a quarterback at three. I think they're very much in that market. Um, I think Mac Jones is gone. I thought those were less than um, flattering comments and illusions. I think Mike on when is probably going to be back I, or they yeah. want him back. Now, if he asks for something stupid, I guess yeah, right. that won't happen. But I, I think they are prepared to pay Mike on when good money to return to the new England Patriots. Um, I did like, Wolf talking about the sort of draft, develop, extend players um, kind of style from Green Bay, which I we've talked about it. They weren't real big believers in free agency for a long time. Right. Um, it's about doing your due diligence draft time, developing those guys, re-signing re those guys, keeping those guys. Those are core guys. Um, and him talking about playing younger players now as part of this regime, which mm – -hmm. To some degree, I think is obvious when you're in a rebuild, you generally play younger players. You got to figure right. out how you have and whatever. But, and again, I don't necessarily think that's a shot. Bill probably leaned veteran, probably leaned dependables and guys he knew and could trust and knew what they were doing. And I do think that's part of the whole scouting system now is not the idea that I need a guy that I know exactly what he's going to do on third and long and slot corner and blah, like, no, we want some athletes. We want some guys that can play in various situations, in various roles. And I think that all kind of goes hand in hand. Um, and then at the tail end of that, where he said draft, develop, and extend core guys, 
he had a weird comment about honesty, respect, and treat people the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, which again, it was filled with Belichick shots. This whole thing, that's what like Belichick shots. Okay, so because I'm trying not to take it that way and be like, oh, you guys in the media always looking for controversy, but. But when you say stuff like that, it's how do you not take it that way? And same with the hard ass, the, the the hard ass comment he said too. Like it's just, and the fact that they, he said something too when they asked him about um, the new grading system, and he's like, yeah, it's so much easier. Like it's just like it doesn't strain your scouts and other stuff. Like it just seems like he's just, and he wants to do away with you know the Belichick mode at least from the drafting and scouting. And look, I like it. Like. And the shots, maybe they, you don't need them, I guess, but because he did, you know, give you a shot and he developed you as a, as a scouting guy here and trusted you, whatever. But yeah, it it was, it was filled with Belichick shots. I'll just call it like it is. And you know, the phrase I live by, the truth is never mean. Right. Like, I don't think he said anything untruthful today. Like, right. no, a hundred percent. The Patriots were a hard ass culture. The Patriots didn't always seemingly treat people the right way. And some of that isn't just like, oh, you're a jerk. Some of it is philosophical. You brought up Jacoby Myers. Treating him the right way right. is not allowing a million dollars to end the relationship. Is finding a way to keep an undrafted guy who was a core locker room guy and just like everybody loved him. Treating people the right way is making sure that guy is rewarded. Right. Um, and so like, I think some people will say treat people the right way is like, say uh thank you when they hand you your dinner roll in the in the dining room <laughs> yeah right is it is it too. But, like yeah but i think it's more reward people when they do things the right way organizationally and work ethic and 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 though and you know maybe it costs you an extra five hundred thousand dollars than you really want to spend mm -hmm. but is there a return on that investment in terms of the culture and the way other players look at that and the hierarchy of the locker room or whatever so that's kind of how i took some of that and that's where I would say, I feel like Mike Onwenu, you can correct me if I'm wrong, okay. because you're more day-to-day -day Patriots beat guy at Gillette. Is there a black mark against Mike Onwenu? Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. I don't think so. Okay. Then I think some of that is draft, develop, extend guys. Oh, sure. Treat yeah. them the right way. To me, that's a, we got to sign Mike Unwenu. Like, we yeah. need him. We want him. Why would we, we drafted not? him. We developed yeah. him. Yeah. Right. Like, why he would we He came in like, as a sixth-round pick. Yeah. Did everything guard, he was asked for. Played guard, played tackle. Does, does everything. Just does what he's asked of. Is not Give an that guy a bag. Not, right. Like, is not our left tackle. And he wants to be here. He told right. Sophie Weller that, you know, he wants to stick around and he wants to stay. And he he was, you know, he was built here and he wants to, you know, continue to be here. Like, and that's the same with Jacoby Myers. Jacoby Myers was basically the same way as on one who did what he was asked, was a late round or undrafted pick rather, bought into the Patriot way and wanted to be here. And they stiffed him on the way out. And so they have to change that with on Now, the one thing I will say is it's probably twice as much money. For Mike Onwenu as opposed to Jacoby Myers. No, you're right. True. But but I think that comment was not as much about Belichick, and it was, but about the culture they want and the way they want to work it. And I think Mike Onwenu is an example of that. Certainly Kyle Duggar could be another example of that. Um, and I found it interesting that Wolf brought both those guys up in terms of the franchise tag. Yep. I don't believe he brought up Hunter Henry in terms of the no. franchise tag or, or some other option. So in his mind, that might be the two that are considerations whether they use it don't use it whatever um so i wanted to uh trading with the vikings doesn't this is alex martinez trading with the vikings doesn't make or he says vinnings but look at me the professional i just read it as vikings yeah, what a pro. Yeah. <laughs> um doesn't make You've sense been around the me. block haven't you <laughs> <laughs> many many times <laughs> in a draft that is stacked with wide receivers why grab another team's leftover take one of these wide receivers and develop them into core players okay so I kind of Is agree he calling with, Justin Jefferson a leftover. That's where I I <laughs> turn for the you know okay. hills and get away from this comment. But okay. I kind of agree with him. There's a lot of receivers out there, so you're going to trade. And I don't know what the trade would be. And I I talked with our buddy Kevin Stone on New England Football Journal last night about this. If I'm giving up one first round pick in in, in the evaluation, because some people are pairing this all together, like the Vikings and Patriots pull off a monster deal with first round picks, Justin Jefferson, the number three pick, all of that. 
But if what I'm pulling off essentially values at Justin Jefferson at two first round picks in the deal somehow, mm-hmm. then I'm not doing it because now right. it's that's basically the franchise tag. I'm giving up two first round picks and now I got to hand him $150 million. Right, right. Nope, not doing it. One first round pick, maybe I'm listening because he's not a what's the word he used? Leftover. Um, he's the best wide receiver in the game. <laughs> absolute stud. Right. And who your quarterback is now becomes the major question. And I think that's a legitimate question because. I do believe you could hand Justin Jefferson $150 million and he's happy in New England. Oh, this is great. And then a year and a half later, he's like, we suck. I don't get the ball. The quarterback blows, whoever it is, and he wants out. And right. like you have an unhappy receiver. Um, so I, again, would tend to go with the overall tone of Alex's um, question, draft a quarterback, and whether you're Jim Nagy or whoever, there's this draft is littered mm-hmm. with wide receivers. Second round, third round, you're going to you, – if you do it right – you can find an impact, maybe not Justin, probably not Justin Jefferson, right. but an impact receiver um, to pair with your quarterback, much the way Tank Dell was an impact receiver, much the way Puka Nakua was an impact right. receiver. Like, find the right guy for your quarterback, your system, your locker room. Um, so are you pr- yay or nay on a potential Vikings trade and the idea that Justin Jefferson could be included? I mean, the the way it sort of worked with guys like Joe Burrow and Tua and Josh Allen is, I guess Burrow's a little different because they drafted Jamar Chase, but like you have to pair your young quarterback with a stud number one wide receiver. It gives them a security blanket. It gives them a guy they can work with every single day and trust and know that if crap hits the fan, I can just throw this guy the football. And it helped Josh Allen and it helped Tua to an extent in Miami and it helped Joe Burrow a ton to have a guy like Jamar Chase and T Higgins, um, you know, to throw the football to and, and develop alongside. So if on one hand, you're going to take a quarterback at number three, you're not really going to have that number one wide receiver who, you know, is, is, is proven like some of these other teams have had. Um, But if you trade back and do grab Justin Jefferson and you take a guy like JJ McCartney or, or McCarthy or Michael Penix or somebody like that, and you pair him with a guy like Justin Jefferson, yeah, you should absolutely try and do that. Um, having said that, and what you said about Justin Jefferson and any wide receiver, it's not just a Justin Jefferson thing, is, well, these guys want to perform. They want to continue to put up numbers. They want to create value for themselves to get that next contract and that next contract. So if he is sitting here and the quarterback they bring in stinks, he can't get in the football, they sort of build the offense not around him. He is going to leave and get pissed off. And I mean, you've seen that with Stefan Diggs. You've seen that with other guys, but you can't go into it with that like attitude because the hope is he does turn into Tyree kill and Jamar chase or who are not really turn into, cause he's on that level, but he ends up as the quarterbacks, de facto number one, you try, you get what I'm trying to say here. Like you need to, you, you, you can't go into it and thinking, well, Justin Jefferson is just going to leave here pissed off in two years. You got to think of it. no, He's going to go win a Super Bowl with JJ McCarthy, and he's going to, you know, put up two thousand yard seasons every year. So, you struggle with that name, huh? Yeah, because I think of TC McCartney, the Patriots' quarterback coach. JJ McCarthy, TC McCartney, it, it all goes in the brain and it doesn't come out the right way. So we'll, we'll work on it, especially when it's when it's TC McCartney and JJ McCarthy's offense in a couple of years with Justin Jefferson running running the show. Yeah, I don't know what I think about that plan. Yeah, I don't as much just- as. JJ McCarthy has grown on me. Mm-hmm. I'm still dubious of him being a franchise quarterback. And I don't want to, I'm trying to, I prioritize the franchise quarterback. You know that. Yeah. yeah. And I just, 
it's the way way of modern football. It's overly simplified, but it is what it is. Um, and JJ McCarthy, as much as he's growing on me, I'm still not sold. He's a franchise quarterback, and I no, still I, agree. Kind of, I think there's a chance the top three. That's my like um, bold prediction for this draft. I continue to go back to it. Is that the top three are going to be franchise three guys pan out? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and everybody else blows, and this idea of trading down and getting the fifth-best quarterback and Michael Penix and Jay gets it alters the narrative moving forward, and it will right. cost teams in the future if that's true because then people will convince themselves that every year the top three are all franchise QBs. I don't disagree um, with this comment. <laughs> sorry. I just can't get behind any player if Cadillac can't pronounce his name. <laughs> it's true. Fair. How's Drake May? Did I get that right? I like Drake May. Yeah, me I too. I like Drake May. I think it has um, to be Drake May. I think he's got to make it. Hurt. I thought and, the guy was going to take a shot at you for your like um, Juju Smith Schuster, Mike Kosicki. Uh, oh, no, that's takes I'm, from I'm the learning. summer. Yeah, those, those were tough. <laughs> we'll, uh, um, we'll rebound. One thing I found interesting says Nicholas Leonard again um, regarding the grading system. You think they'll be more in line with consensus boards and take best player available more often? Yes, in general, like. I think teams yeah. do their own scouting and drafting. And I think, you know, sometimes you hear the arrogant guys in the league, like Lombardi, well, teams like this guy a lot more than the media likes them in mm -hmm. the draft name, blah, 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 blah. But I do think in general, because what it sounds like Wolf is describing is more in line with best player available. And Belichick didn't do that. He had more specific roles for a lot of guys. I always go back to, um, PK Sam was a receiver out of Florida state. They took in like the, fifth round mm -hmm. and bill's breakdown which came later i think in maybe michael holly book or one of the books was like how excited he was about pk sam and he said if we hit on this we have our red zone target for the next five to seven years and he didn't say he was a great receiver he just had a role like he's going to be our red right. zone wide receiver i don't i think elliot wolf is more like yeah that guy might work in the red zone but if we hit on this guy he's going to be our receiver you know what I mean? Like that little difference yeah, yeah. of not filling out a specific role if you nail it, but filling out what he can be overall as a player. My more modern example on that is the Cole Strange pick at 29. Like you you could have got a franchise guard in, in Cole Strange and Sean McVay and uh, Les Snead said it that night. Like, oh, we were looking at him in the third, fourth round. Right. Like I at that point, you did not take the best player available. You drafted for need at and grabbed probably your best guard on the board at pick 29 because you needed a guard when you probably could have got whatever, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it was at 29 at the time, receiver, corner, like Trent McDuffie was, you know, the big one that yep. they passed on McDuffie instead. Um, and then they take Strange where they could have got Strange even in the second round. Like you could have taken Strange with your second round pick and you would have been fine and you would have filled another need there. And so that's the more modern example of them definitely not drafting uh, – you know, the best player available. Ashley J. Yeah, we talked about it earlier. I did think there was some pretty clear shots at Mac Jones and his makeup. And I took it the same way you did that. He uh, uh, actually the first part of your comment, Elliot took shots at Mac Jones. Looks like he'll be traded or a third string QB next season. No, I, I think he'll be traded. Um, the interesting thing will be what you can get for him. Um, my guess is a swapping of late round picks or something like that, where you send Mac in a mm -hmm. seventh to San Francisco for their sixth round pick. And, they can try to rehab his career and that QB friendly scheme. And maybe he should have been there all along that idea. But I definitely actually um, had the same reaction that you did. Yeah. I think Mayo's done with uh, Mac. I think Elliot Wolf is done with Mac. I just think it's now 
trying to get something for that asset. And that's why they're not flat out saying, oh yeah, we're going to, we're going to release them as soon as the new league year starts. Why would you ever tip your hand? Try to try to salvage something. Kind of funny too, how at the beginning when asked about the number three pick in the QB room, he's like, yeah, we're not going to talk about these guys in the media and we're going to do right by them and things like that. And then he's like, but we need guys without body language and throwing their hands up in the air and pointing at people on the sideline. It's like, oh, well, that's kind of talking about Mac Jones in a in a way that's not directly calling him out. And he's a smart guy. Like, he can't pretend right. he didn't know when he says something like that, it's going to be looked at from the viewpoint of, oh, Mac Jones did that. Mac Jones has been right. doing that. Like, he's not – he can't play dumb. He knows exactly. how it's going to be received. He's been around football, sports, sports media long enough to, to know how it is. So – Okay, I guess if we're going to wrap this up as we hit the uh, 40-minute mark just about here, reacting to Elliot Wolf's scouting combine press conference earlier this morning in Indianapolis, a rarity for the Patriots, and certainly continuing to set the tone for the new era of New England football with Gerard Mayo and Elliot Wolf uh, setting that tone. Elliot Wolf letting us know that he has final say in terms yep. of personnel, that it will be a collaboration, but in the end, somebody has to make the pick. It'll be him. He, I thought, spoke from an area of confidence, pretty much everything he discussed, whether it was the scouting system, references to what they're looking for in players in general, quarterbacks, the whole thing. And that would be my big picture takeaway. I liked everything I heard from Elliot Wolf. I feel better about him as he embarks on spending $100 million and figuring out what the hell to do with the number three overall pick. And I think there's a very good shot he's sticking weaponization side of things with the pick yeah. and looking for talent and athletes. I think he's looking for a quarterback. Now he just has to convince himself that the guy that's on the board at three is worth it. Yeah, I'm with you. He took, and I'm kind of reading off Alex, our friend Alex Martinez in the chat, but he took command of the press conference and he was like, this is, you know, basically my team and I have final say and we're going to collaborate, but I'm the man in charge. And I like that. I like that, you know, it seems like they have a sense of direction. So if we're going to just going to take everything and what he said at his word um, and sort of use this to project out the the rest of the season and beyond, then I like the direction we're headed because Elliot Wolf seems like a guy that you can at least trust, um, you know, to, to run the front office. Okay. So that's going to do it. This is six rings and football things. He's Mike Cadlick. Jump on over to WEEI.com, read his recap of Elliot Wolf's comments. I will probably have a column on Wednesday morning, you know, sort of Alrighty. with a leaping off point from Elliot Wolf and some of his comments today. It might sound similar to some of the things you just heard. Might have a little bit of a new spin on it after I do four hours of radio with Rich Keith and interact with Ooh. fans and get what the uh, the Patriot Nation folk are reacting and thinking from Elliot Wolf. As always, Six Rings and Football Things is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Please subscribe, rate, review, yep. tell a friend. We love doing these live things with the interaction, the questions, and the comments on the side. We are trying to grow the community that is Six Rings and Football Things. We're about relationships here. We're about people. <laughs> We're about treating We're people nicely sometimes. We're the Patriots front office and the Patriots Absolutely. For the, in the podcast community. Can I be Elliot Wolf? We want to collaborate. Yeah, I'm going to be Elliot Wolf and you be, because uh, I've been around a little longer, and you can be Gerard Mayo, the young gun, the up-and-comer, the guy ready for the job. Perfect. So Relationships. And Fitzy's Matt Grow. He's been around for a while. We're not even sure if he's going to stick around for all of it. Why is he still here? What's he doing? What's his role? We'll figure that out on the fly. Yeah. But for Nick Fitzy Stevens, for Mike Cadlick, I'm Andy Hart. Six rings and football things. We will be back at you later in the week. And as I mentioned yep. earlier, please check out our quarterback 
Prospect Podcast with Chris Scheim. I think you'll get as detailed uh, an opinion base on the quarterbacks available as you'll get anywhere from a Patriot perspective with a little passionate arguing for various guys throughout. So, uh, again, read Mike Cadlick, listen to Six Rings and Football Things, and we will be here every step of the way this critical Patriots offseason. See ya. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 